Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, my fellow sovereigns. I'm back. This past six weeks has been the most challenging that I can ever remember experiencing it's been a lot and to give you a bit of an update um, not only am I back I'm back in the U.S. I am back helping my mom with her business transition I am back in all the ways and I'm coming back into my body after a lot of grief. So to give you a little bit of perspective, many of you know that my dad passed away in January of 2021. And to round out the year of massive change, I gave birth to a beautiful baby boy, Colton, and had a TED Talk and had some amazing experiences Um, But then again, in December, just like when my dad got sick um, with COVID, uh, we found out that my aunt, who had had breast cancer, suddenly uh, it had spread, it had had come back, and it was, to quote the doctors, the most aggressive cancer that they had ever seen. And that... That was my mom's sister, and who is also my grandmother's caretaker for the past 15 years. And so my mom was supporting my aunt in her end-of-life transition and going through hospice. We thought that we would make it back in time to see her and my nana again. I had a gut feeling that we wouldn't, I had a gut feeling that we needed to come back to Los Angeles and come back to the U.S. And I'd been telling Spike since I think like November of last year, just because Australia started to put in some really weird things and weird stuff was happening in Australia. And one of the reasons why Spike and I loved being over there is our ability to travel and we love Australia and we loved exploring and traveling to different places. Um, But just some funkiness was going down. And I just, it no longer felt really aligned to be there. Um, And so we, I, I said something is going to shift in, in February. I just said so- something, 
I'm not sure what. I'm not sure if like Australia is going to figure out some some of the stuff that it needs to figure out uh, or if or something. I said something's going to shift. And I've just been saying like I think like late January, early February, I said something's going to shift. I th- and I felt it on like a global wet way because sometimes I get these intuitive hits of of massive transition. And so I was feeling that. And then when I found out about my aunt, I, it just both Spike and I said, I think it's, I think it's time for us to, to go home. And we made the decision to, to go and we booked the flights and the doctors were hopeful um, that by the end of January, we would be able to make it back. Like there was a lot of things to clean up with our immigration and our apartment and the whole move. And like February was the time that we were going to be, our lease was up anyways. So I figured, you know, either we're going to be upgraded to like a really like amazing three bed, two bath, uh, unit in the building that we had thought we really wanted. And it just so happened that um, as divine providence would have it, that building, I soon learned the fire alarm goes off, unlike our building, um, the fire alarm would get pulled or go off every twice a month about and it was quite annoying. Um, but in the building that we really wanted to to move into at the end, after our lease was up, we found out that that fire alarm goes off twice a day, pretty much every day. And so it was like it was such divine providence because there were many things about Australia that we loved and then many things that we were just like, we're kind of over. Like I was just kind of over the farty cars. <laughs> I was over the uh, clock bell tower. I was over bits and pieces of where we lived. Um, there were many things that we loved. We loved the coffee shops and the friends and the community that we had built over there. Um, and then when, when everything happened with my aunt, I just I just decided that it was time to go home. And I, we booked the, our tickets and I told Spike and I had, I had predicted this before. Um, and I'm, I think with this podcast, I think I'm just going to go into a bit of the story of, of all that happened so you can get, get a little perspective of faith and trust in, in the process. So we trusted that we'd be, be able to leave Australia because, um, Australia is really there. There's a lot of hardcore restrictions for Australians to actually be able to leave um, their own country. And so we were hopeful that, you know, with our immigration and us not being citizens, that everything would be fine. We just had to make sure that Colton had had a passport. And we had gotten that in divine timing um, back in November when uh, Western Australia was open to Queenslanders. So we were able to fly to Perth to go get a passport, which was a really fun experience because it just so happened on the week of schoolies, which is schoolies is like the Daytona beach, uh, like spring break in essence, for teenagers to come to where we lived in Surfer's Paradise and to party and get wasted. And that's just not my scene. Um, And it just so happened in Divine Providence, both Spike and I, we looked at each other one day, we're like, let's go to Perth. And because it was before Queensland had opened their borders to the rest of the (laughs) the rest of Australia, um, Queensland had like no COVID cases. And so we were able to, and so it was very, very low risk to go over to Perth, which is now not letting anyone in. Um, 
unless you've had all the things and all the tests and all the things and um and even then you still have to quarantine for two weeks and so they're pretty it's really hard to get into western australia but it just so happened this one week that it was open and we, just in divine providence we we went and we were able to get colton a passport to give you perspective on this it is like if you're in america Flying to Perth is like flying to New York from Los Angeles to get a passport. Like that's how ridiculous it was because we couldn't fly into Sydney or Melbourne because they were both under lockdown at the time. And um, my I was just so 1000% against quarantining with two children in a hotel in a one bedroom hotel room like that's which I was just unavailable for that just completely unavailable so we were able to get into Perth and see quakas and do the whole, our whole Perth adventure and and that was a really fun week and then as we came back and the weeks leading up to Christmas we found about my out about my aunt and my nana had just gotten out of the hospital from from uh falling and she she didn't know about her her daughter we didn't want to tell her until we had some clarity but it was so fast and i think the thing like spike whose parents both his parents died from cancer he said you know in a way thank god it's fast so that they don't suffer at the same time, for me, being able to relive literally in the same weeks, my aunt dying, the same weeks that my dad was in the hospital and, and whatnot, that was just, it triggered so much PTSD, to be honest. And I ended up hiring a therapist who specialized in PTSD and trauma. Um, and I had a feeling that as soon as my aunt passed away, it wouldn't be long until my grandma passed. And since when we made the decision to stay in Australia, my grandma kept saying, I think this is going to be the last, I think I that that was I, I don't think I'm going to be alive to see Declan again and I thought no 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 not we're coming back and I thought for sure she was going to make it to her 100th birthday which is coming up in a few weeks or what which would have come up but my aunt passed within three weeks of the cancer coming back even though she like tried radiation and all the all the things it just it was a lot and then my grandma passed away literally a week later. And it was bizarre, so bizarre. Here's, here's how bizarre is my other aunt uh, took my, my aunt who died, took her phone. And so I get a text from my um, Aunt Joanne who passed away a week ago saying that Nana just died. And I was like, <laughs> so bizarre. It was one of those very bizarre grief moments of just like what the what the heck and then I found out that a family friend of mine from ages and ages my my she had been my neighbor since I was five years old um her brother passed away the week after that and then my dad's best friend passed away the week after that and so within three weeks I had four 
people die who have been in my life for forever. For and that combined with it being the anniversary of my dad's death and us leaving Australia and me packing up a home and a life that we have spent the past two years building, I was in a grief cycle. And I really did not have the capacity emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally to create because I was grieving. I was grieving Australia. I was grieving having to leave a place that I loved. I was grieving, grieving Declan's school. I mean, that one was the hardest one for me to leave because he just started to thrive at that school and they loved him and it was such a supportive environment. And yet, at the same time, I also knew it was the right decision because with all, all the mandates that were happening in Australia, they actually were losing a lot of some of their the best teachers, like all the teachers, many of, not all of them, but many of the teachers that Declan really connected with, um, they suddenly went through this massive overhaul in administration and in teachers. And so I knew it was the right time. It just was so hard to make that decision. Yes, for my child. And yes, Declan wanted to come back. I don't think he understood. I mean, he's four. I don't think he understood the finality of that we're probably he's he's never going to go back to that school. Like we're not going to be going back to Australia anytime soon right now because there's just so much to handle and manage with wrapping up three people's lives and the amount of actual physical stuff involved too of just three people's lives. There's a lot of stuff to sort through, like physically, selling homes, furniture, things. And then on top of that, you know, wills and trusts and death expenses and all that. So it's a lot with two children and moving and moving countries. So I took some time off. (laughs) I took some time off. Um, I took about six weeks off because I was not in a space to create. And fortunately, because of the systems, processes, and sales, I honestly could do fuck all (laughs) this year and still make the same, if not more, than I made last year. Um, just because of the the systems and, and recurring revenue that we have already in place for this next year. I'm not going to do fuck all. I'm going to, there's lots to that I have intentions to create. But to create requires space. And while a lot of space has been created in the physical removal of people in my life, um, that that is something that does create space and it creates a space to redefine an identity outside of those people who had been a part of your life 
And for me, like with my dad, especially, I felt so much freedom in a way. Like, and it sounds, I don't really care how it sounds, but sometimes that that, that can happen when you lose someone who's who you love and who's also been a challenge. Like every, every year for the past five years, my dad has gone into the hospital for some reason, um, you know, having to put him in rehabs and rescue him from psychological wards and like all of those experiences that I've had in the past 34 years of my relationship with my father. Um, I now don't have, have feel like I have that hero drama triangle cycle where I need to come in and rescue him because he's gone. And so that actually creates a lot of space to to create and define myself and see what what's going to fill that space and and you have whenever there is grief whenever there is the loss of anything a country a home a a person it does create space and it's our job as conscious co-creators with the universe and leaders and sovereigns of our own lives to choose into what fills it. Sometimes, though, that choice takes a little time. And so I chose to give myself the space and the grace to allow myself to move my family and start generating that space. Now, as soon as I got home there were major shifts that had to happen as well. Um, I knew I was coming home to retire my mom. Like I knew that that would be happening. And so the business that I have watched my parents build for the past 30 years that my mom has been doing solo um, with a partner, a partnership that my dad and her had created from a couple years ago, I'm now helping manage that transition for them and transitioning the ownership of the company and and moving my mom into a semi-retired space, which also included firing my mom's office manager after she endangered one of my children. And I didn't feel she was safe to have in the house with my kids. And thus my mom let her go upon my request. And so all of that in the past six weeks And now Spike and I and my mom and my kids are starting to come back into a routine, a space, um, some structure. (laughs) My calendar is like godsend, like freaking godsend, Um, just navigating and managing um, all five people in my house. So that is the major life update. And I share this with you because even though it has been exceptionally challenging, every single move we have made, I feel is so aligned. And I feel it is right. And I don't mean right as in right, wrong, good, bad, but as in aligned and from a space of courage and love 
and support and possibility. And I'm very excited to be stepping into this new role um, in my family with my mom entering into semi-retirement and me being able to provide for her as well as as I have for my the rest of my family. And that's really exciting for me to be in that leadership role and also scary and also navigating grief and also having someone to grieve with. So really, as I share this, I wanted to walk you through some of the things that have really helped over the past six weeks. I had a trend last year. Last year, I after my dad passed away, I did give myself some space of about a month and then I kind of came back in, in, in into creation mode and we launched Queen TV and on YouTube, which you can definitely click below and subscribe if you have not yet. Um, but there was definitely a labor trend of the contractions and then the rest period. So both my dad's grieving and my own grieving my father's loss and my own maternity leave that I took for four weeks um, after having Colton and before having Colton because he he decided to come a little late in those in-between phases was when I would have like the push of the contraction in my business of like really pushing and, and moving forward and then I would have those rest periods so my business and myself oscillated as a leader and one of the big things that I work on with so many of my clients is this this perception that we always have to be on, always have to be going, always have to be doing, um, and it's all these have to be go, 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 go. And one of the big realizations that I had was when I started studying and looking into human design and n- knowing that as a projector, like that's not my strategy. That's typically the go, 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 do, do, do is a generator strategy, but it's not mine. As a projector, and when I've successfully cultivated relationships and built business and and generated heaps and heaps of money um, coming in, it's really when I go through those surges of a push from, from the invitations that I've received to lean in, and then also honoring the times that I'm like, no, I'm off. And that's what that these past six weeks has been because the push has been everything personal um, and having the space of grieving and allowing for myself to honor my own internal natural strategy of waiting for the invitation. And so I've been feeling into that and feeling the invitation to come back out into the world <laughs> Um, and into my business and into sharing with my community now that these this major shift and shakeup of transitions in life and death and grief has happened and the dust is kind of settling. It's kind of like when you clean up or you start reorganizing your house or like or what I'm doing going full Marie Kondo on it. When you pull everything out, like it's messier and more chaotic than when you started. But afterward, there's so much space that's created. And that's exactly what is what happens with any death of anything or any sort of tran- major transition in life. 
So allowing yourself to be comfortable amidst the chaos of the shakeup of it appearing like there is more clutter when really it is becoming more simple. And and so allowing for that space and allowing for that oscillation and also allowing for the perception to not dictate the reality, allowing for your current circumstances to not dictate what's possible. And that is that is huge. Another thing that I recognized over this past year is allowing for the oscillation instead of just the pushing. Now, I work with my clients so much on this, but in the midst of like all this major life transition, like I had to oscillate. And instead of just pushing through and trying to do it all and make it all work, it had I done that, I wouldn't have been fully present for any of it and I would have been angry and bitter and frustrated. I refused to show up like that for my children and I looked at what are my priorities. And so when you're in the midst of chaos and the chaos of transitions, first and foremost, what is your priority? Get super duper clear on what are those top key priorities. For me, the main priority was just being present for my kids, especially for Declan, because Declan is not quite understanding death, grief, transition, and the shakeups. He has, you know, recognizing that the pattern here in LA is different than the pattern of him in Australia. And I think he's he's just now starting to come to terms with the fact that he like he's not going to be going back to that school and he's going through a grief process. So being able to support him and hold him through that space. Um, and so I recognized that my main priority was my children. And my second main priority was my clients, my existing clients that I have, serving them, making sure that they're taken care of, showing up fully present for their sessions, prepared for their sessions, and beyond that in my business – it was going to, everything else was going to rest. In fact, we had our first queen team meeting back last week and uh, my ops manager, Marie, she was like, I got to watch a whole bunch of Disney movies with my kids <laughs> all on my break. And she's uh, she's going to be doing the podcast ed- editing. So I hope she doesn't mind that uh, I shared that. But I was super excited that it allowed her to connect more with her her four children that she has. Um but that was that was exciting because it it was for me the space for me to focus 100% on just my my kids first my existing clients second and trusting that when i choose when i feel that invitation that pull that nudge that that hint from the universe that it's time to come back out and uh, come back out into the world of podcasting and uh, producing our Queen TV, that, that that will be exactly what is needed at the exact perfect time. And the, the divine timing is perfect. And so that, that time is right now. And so it did come down to that first knowing what my priorities were and trusting that that is enough for this season, for that, that season of those pa- these past six weeks. The second piece is commanding what you need. So... I got very skilled at trusting that what I needed, trusting the universe would show up and allow what I needed to be exactly what I needed. Like, for example, 
I didn't think that we would need um, someone to watch the kids as we were packing up and moving because we had, you know, four weeks to pack up our home and most of our furniture was was came with the home, um, came with the apartment. Our apartment was fully furnished. Uh, so we just had some things to move. And I didn't think it was that much. OMG, I didn't realize how much we had accumulated from all my plant babies and um, a few different pieces of furniture, like um, the balcony that I, little oasis that I created and um, just the clothes that I'd purchased over the past two years or the ones that I was like, oh, I'm going to get rid of these because these are my pregnancy clothes and they no longer fit me. Um, hooray. But commanding what I needed. But I didn't think I would need that support on that final day of of moving. And it ended up that one of my my good friends, she just had the day off and was like, well, if you need a little help with the kids. And, and it, she was such a godsend. We wouldn't have been able to do it without her. And then commanding what we needed um, when it came to our car. So we had to come back home. We had six suitcases uh, because I did get us upgraded flights. Uh, so we were able to take extra luggage and have extra spacing on our seat. And to give you some perspective, uh, we had 30 people on our international flight. That was it. There was only 30 people on the flight. Um, and Australians love to travel. So that is how few people are actually leaving Australia currently. But we had six suitcases and three carry-ons. And that's a lot of luggage plus two adults and two children. And we had hired a driver to take us to from the Gold Coast to Brisbane to our hotel where we were going to stay the night before flying out early the next morning. And at 4 o'clock, we told the driver that we would be – we were running about 30 minutes late. And – he ended up getting another person, another client call, and said, up, oh, got another client, got to go. So we had that fully booked and scheduled, and I – Spike was pissed. I was, I, was, uh, I was unnerved, but I said, okay, it's – I'm commanding what I need. And I said, we need a driver. We need a car because um, one of my friends was uh, suggesting maybe taking the train. And I was like, not with six pieces of luggage, three carry-ons, and two children. It's – that's – no. Um, I had one friend who was like so ready to like find a way to use um, their small car to get us to, – to drive to drive to get us. Um, and I said, no, that's – I don't think that's going to be necessary. We're going to find a driver. And we ended up – hiring an even better driver, a lovely, beautiful Mercedes um, to a big, big old Mercedes van. Um, and I told Spike, I had told Spike earlier, I said, I feel like we're going to be leaving Australia upgraded. And we had our upgraded flights and our driver who we were supposed to take, like he had a nice van, but this one was like deluxe. And we ended up getting this or something better. So that belief of commanding what I needed. I said, I just need a driver. I need a driver with a big old van. And finding one last minute, I called, I think we both between Spike and I, we called 13 places before one responded. And the first one that responded, they gave the price. And this is the beautiful thing about having that abundance mindset is it didn't come down to price shopping. I, like in the past, my gosh, just like three, four years ago, had I... 
I, I would have gotten nervous about the price and whatnot. And I was like, no, we are what a, a, a driver of van and simple and ease is what we need rather than like trying to get a deal or skirt around um, uh, like finding the, the cheapest driver. Like that's what we used to do years ago. Like when Spike and I first got together over almost over a decade ago, we used to like look for the cheapest, the best, but the cheapest. And this time I was like, nope, there is more money flowing in our way every day. And like we a driver is totally appropriate. And it was just a, like, honestly, it was just a little more than the than the one that we hired. Um, and my my girlfriend, who is a travel junkie, she was actually surprised at how cheap it was Um for to hire a driver to drive over an hour uh and so it was it it just worked out because we had initially thought well when our first driver canceled we thought well we're going maybe an uber and i was like no with an uber you don't know exactly what you're gonna get like you may get a big car but you may get a kind of big car and i said we definitely i want like assurances that we are getting a big car like a big ass van that can fit six pieces of luggage three carry-ons and two children, a stroller, and two adults. So that was a lot. And so we just commanded. And I went down, and Spike and I, within like an hour and a half, we just, not even an hour and a half, just like 45 minutes, we went down just calling, do you have availability? No. Do you have availability? No. Okay. (laughs) And then we found one. But we commanded what we needed. And I said, I decided like, it was it came down to exactly what I said in my TED talk, make a decision. And I made a decision and I said, this is what's gonna happen. We're gonna have a driver. It's gonna be great. We're gonna find someone. And um and meanwhile, like as we are like trying to leave, they're showing our apartment because they do that in Australia. They like start showing your apartment even if you live there already. And so we were have we were sitting there with all our luggage and people were just coming in to like look at the the apartment, I was, it was just, it was bizarre and, and crazy. And yet at the same time, we commanded exactly what we needed and it happened and it happened better than what we thought. Step number three, give yourself space. So again, it goes back to the priorities. Look at what the priorities are. Look at what your bare ass minimum is. What is the bare ass minimum? So one of the things over the course of the past decade, and especially as I moved into becoming a mother over the past four years, is my mental health is my number one priority. You could think it's my children. They're my number one pri- they are my um, they are my number one priority, but my mental health supersedes that if that makes sense. So because my children are my number one priority, my mental health is also my number one priority. So if if I need help, if I need support, if I need Spike to take them, if I need a babysitter, I will command that so that I show up the best for them because my mental health is in that peak state. And so giving yourself the space to grieve and the space to be, that is key. So commanding what you need, including commanding that you need space, commanding that you need alone time, commanding that you um, need some support, that's huge. 
And then step number four, which is one that I will admit that I was not the best on, but it definitely was a learning experience over the past six weeks because I thought initially I was only going to be off for like one week. Um, And that would just be the week of our travel. And it turned out that as soon as we got home, there were all the shakeups and shifts that needed to happen at home that the extra three weeks were necessary. And that really comes into the step number four is communicate your downtime. And I didn't realize the amount of work that would be involved with shifting and moving and and sorting out the children's schedule and sorting out uh, my mom's schedule and sorting out my schedule with my clients and sorting out babysitting and all of that. And I didn't communicate as well as I could have. And that was definitely a learning lesson for me to over communicate with everyone. Just over communicate. Like if you think you've said it, say it again. Um, Put it in writing, put it in a calendar, but over communicate when you're on your downtime for what you command are commanding that you need. And with all of that, that was really how I navigated and managed this whole transitional experience. So to just recap on the how, first, know your priorities. Second, command what you need. Third, give yourself space mentally, physically, spiritually. Uh, That includes, by the way, space to move your body. So space to get massages. So I put my priority of my fitness and my physical health up there because I needed the space to move my body so that – because when your body is spacious – meaning it has energy flowing and it's moving as it's as we are designed to do as human beings as in these as, as souls inside a meat sack like our meat sack our bodies are meant to move that soul spirit energy along with all the other amazing systems that go in our body in order to do that you need to create the space to move your body so give yourself emotional, physical, mental space. I create physical space through movement. So yoga, Pilates, running, um, that space that is, and the spiritual space, spiritual practices, journaling, um, reading, you know, your spiritual texts, reading, connecting, having that space to meditate, connect with God, connect with source, connect with universe, giving yourself that space as well. Um, so doing it on all the four levels. And communicating your downtime, over communicating to the people that you um, maybe have supported in the past or need to support, um, over communicating that you are still taking downtime, that things are maybe taking longer than you expected and and over communicating on that. That was something that I, I dropped the ball on. And like I said, ownership is my primary value and it's our primary value at Crown Yourself. And so that is something that, that I – is a gift that I get to work on even more and even and to improve and make it even better. So with all that, if you are going through a space of grief, of transition, I hope these practices helped. As always, if, if this served you, take a screenshot of it and share it in your stories I or just drop me a DM. I love hearing your breakthroughs and your ahas and your your own transition stories and if there's anything that I can do to support you 
as you go through your transition into the next level of who you are becoming, then just drop us a message at info at crownyourself.com. Thank you so much. I love you. I am so excited to be back. And thank you for sharing this space with me. As always, own your throne, mind your business, because your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.